This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, and my guest today is Nikki Ganjemi, who's a passionate, insightful, and supportive transformational coach. She helps online coaches shift their identity to thriving entrepreneur so they can make more money and impact doing what they love. Through her own journey, Nikki discovered that you alone have the power to transcend all obstacles and access the self-love, confidence, happiness, and peace that were always inside of you. She uses an inside-out approach and loves watching her clients expand their awareness and become empowered as she guides them on their own journey to reaching new levels of success and abundance in both life and, and business. So welcome, Nikki. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I'm really glad that you took the opportunity to be with us today. And um, as you know, this is about resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. And which of those, if any or all, resonate with you? Resilience and optimism, for sure. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. I feel like my life pretty much has been um, a training in how to become resilient. Uh, at one time, I had let a lot of uh, little things hold me back and be setbacks. Um, it started with just being in school and just never fitting in, never belonging, always having, you know, getting bullied and picked on and excluded from, I want to say it was definitely all of middle school and high school. And then taking on that identity that you're just not good enough, you don't have what it takes, you're not lovable, not acceptable, the whole victim mentality. And I took that well on into my 30s and, um, you know, settled in a job, became a teacher, just continuing to follow the rules and try to kind of find my place in the world and never quite feeling that um, I was where I needed to be. Um, so I got into mindfulness. I learned how to breathe for the first time. Um, recognized those, those thoughts that were always going on in my mind. I struggled with uh, OCD growing up too, obsessive compulsive disorder. So I was always all over the place, lots of anxiety. And um, I learned how to bounce back. So once I learned what those thoughts were and how to kind of manage them, manage my emotions, become aware of the beliefs and blocks that I had and how to turn those around, life just opened up for me. And that's when I created a mindfulness program for kids. I piloted that in my school for a year and then I took it outside of the classroom. And then I kind of just made my way into the online space and started coaching adults. So I feel that I learned how to bounce back and how to move away from being a victim and playing that victim role, which doesn't get you anywhere, and stepping into more of a place of being empowered and how can we move forward. So um, that's why the resilience really resonated with me. And then optimism too. I struggled with happiness for most of my life. I feared that if I were too happy, that the ball was going to drop. Something was going to bad was going to happen. It would be taken away. So I thought that if I just kind of stayed right here, 
that when something bad happened, it wouldn't be too much of a disappointment or a letdown. So I just trained myself how to just kind of feel okay and be mediocre because I thought that was safe. And then I learned that um, that is not true. That was a lie that I bought into. And that I didn't have to look for happiness outside of me. That everything that I wanted was already inside. You know, the happiness, the peace, even the confidence. It was just always within me. Uh, so I learned um, how and that it was okay to feel happy and to be happy. So then my optimism went up. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's great. The first question that came to mind for me was, if school was such an unpleasant place for you, where you were bullied and it was just a horrible thing, what on earth possessed you to become a teacher? You know what? I, <laughs> I actually said, I will never be a teacher. I, I will never teach. It was something I never wanted to do. I wanted to act. And I went out and moved out to Los Angeles when I was 23 to pursue an acting career. I was out there for a year and then I came back home. Um, I, I learned uh, and I was told by quite a few people that if this is not the air you breathe, then go back home because there are so many people that want it more than you and you'll never make it in this industry. Mm -hmm. So I realized it's not the air that I breathe. I missed home. I had been so dependent at that time and just even living 3,000 miles away from home because I'm in New Jersey and I was across the country and doing everything on my own. It was scary and I was so young, but I did it and I came back home and I'm like, now what? Now I'm 24. I don't know what to do. Um, and everybody said, be a teacher. I come from a family of teachers, lots of cousins that are teachers. And I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I said I wasn't going to do it. I worked in restaurants. I waitressed. And then I was like, what am I, I worked in uh, retail as a cashier. And then it's like, what am I going to do? Maybe I'll just do it. You know, I'll get summers off. I take the state test. I took it. I passed it in the first time. And then I just became a teacher. I, I went alternate route. It was, it came easy. I didn't enjoy it because I didn't enjoy what I was teaching, but it was certainly something that I could do. And then I just stayed. You know, I bought my first condo. Um, I'm like, now I have a mortgage. How can I consider walking away from a paycheck? So I stayed for 14 years. And then I turned 40 this past November. And I just looked in the mirror and I said, Nikki, what are you doing? You know, why are you continuing to, to do this every single day? Um, and if I want to create something different, I feel like I have to do something different. So I had the business going, it was very much on the side, but it was very difficult for me to manage both because I taught kindergarten, second grade, third grade, depending on what year. And it was mentally and emotionally exhausting. Mm -hmm. come yes. home and try to be up and do a Facebook live and, you know, put together, create content and, you know, launch programs. And, and it was just, you know, um, hard. So I, so I turned 40 and I said, you know what, not everything is the way I want it to be right now. Um, you know, I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids that didn't happen yet. But I said, I feel that if I'm going to invite that into my life, that I have to start saying yes to myself, no matter how scary it is, even though it didn't make sense on paper to quit a job with a paycheck and benefits and pension. Um, 
when I have a mortgage, I said, I'm going to do it anyway, because something inside of me just was saying, this is the right thing to do. And so I turned in my resignation this year and I walked out of the building on June 26th, <laughs> expected to feel freedom. And I walk out you know, to the parking lot to my car and I actually felt fear instead. I was very surprised. I was like, oh my God, I thought I would feel free. But it was like, this is real. That's it. You walked away from a 14-year gig as a teacher. and um, But now, you know, that I've acclimated, we're now in, you know, months later. And it's like, I'm just so happy that I did that. Were you um, feeling fear because it was your own fear? Or was it, what would your family think of what you were doing? Was it an outside kind of thing? You know what? Surprisingly, Michelle, I was pleasantly surprised that every single person I told this to, because I started thinking about it in Jan this past January, turned 40 in November, after the holidays, it was around January, I started really thinking of doing this, and every single person I told supported me and said, Nikki, I think that's a great idea, I think you should do it, and I expected to get some, like, kickback, like, what do you mean, you know, you've got to pay how could you do this on your own you don't have a husband why would you do something so you know dumb I didn't get any of that it was just so amazing how every single person from my parents my siblings aunts uncles cousins friends colleagues were like I'm proud of you and how like courageous of you to do something like that and you just seem so happy in your business that I think you should just follow that and I said you know what that's what I'm going to do I'm going to follow what feels good I'm going to follow what lights me up and just trust that I'm going to be supported so I think what the fear was when I walked out of the building that day in June was that I was walking away from that stability and certainty, which were two things that I valued for so long. Mm -hmm. um, and then there came a time when I realized that stability and certainty didn't get me what I thought it would. It was supposed to get me the husband and the house and the kids, and that didn't work out. So what am I doing valuing these things? It was just not the path for me. So I said, this feels um, like I'm being um, choked. Like I can't breathe, you know? Um, so then I, I reevaluated things and I said, you know what? Authenticity and freedom are much higher up on the list of what I valued. So it only made sense to walk away from a job that was out of alignment with me and what I want to do. I felt like I wanted to be in integrity more. So then it just made sense to do it. Now, when I actually was official and I walked out of the building that day, that was the fear that hit me. Oh my God, the paycheck stopped, the health benefits stopped. But then I had to remind myself, that's just an old way of thinking. That's just an old story. And you have to tell a different one now. Yeah, I like the uh, sign behind your head that says, find joy in the journey. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, it's, um, it's very interesting how we have this tendency to um, do what we're supposed to do. That's supposed to in air quotes. Um, and oftentimes what we are supposed to do is not what our heart calls us to do. Did you find that your health was becoming impacted as you stayed in a job that you had no passion for? Luckily, I mean, I would get sick, you know, nothing bad, 
you know, I would just get sinus infections and colds and things like that. Definitely every end of August when I was back in the classroom. And I don't know if it was the dust in the building or if it was me going into something that I was dreading. Um, it did not impact me that much with my health. Stress, yes. Anxiety, yes. I thankfully have been a very healthy person. Where I believe it did impact me uh, is love. It was dating, you know, husband and kids. I really believe, and I know that things are going to change now that I'm living life on my terms, but I really felt that I was following rules and I was settling in a big way because, you know, your career takes up a big portion of, of your life. And I said to myself, I think subconsciously, that I'm not going to settle in the area of love. So I was looking for, you know, Prince Charming, you know, Mr. Perfect and having really high standards. Um, so I think it impacted me in that way. Mm -hmm. And just something inside, you could check in with me in the next few months, uh, maybe I'll <laughs> have an update for you. But I, I really believe that that's going to change. I think I had to start saying yes to myself. And, and it started with the job. Okay, so you had a wake-up call at 40, but what was the wake-up call that had you realize that you could not continue to live your life um, with the belief system that you had that you were a person who was worth being bullied and settling for things? What was the wake-up call that that was no longer okay? The wake-up call that came before that, I'm going to say it was... It was a gradual thing where I was just noticing that I was settling and unhappy in and out of therapy for about 15 years um, and things just weren't changing. I actually had, I dated a guy and I thought he was it for me because we were just so aligned. I could sit and have a conversation with him about the universe and manifesting. I'm like, what guy would do this with me? And he told me, he said, Nikki, if you want to do something, you can do it right now in your living room. So if you want to speak, whatever it is that you want, do it right now. What are you waiting for? And I said to him, you know, I don't know what I'm waiting for. I think I'm just waiting for that opportunity, but you're absolutely right. So when he said that to me, I said, I'm going to create a program for kids to introduce them to mindfulness, to help slow down their brain so that they can become aware of their thoughts and those beliefs that they have so that they know that they are good enough as is and they won't have to go through their life and be held back in the way that I was. So I, I just had the idea in my head. I literally put it on. I got Oak Tag from the store. I made a little old fashioned presentation, so, you know, did it for my principal in his office and he goes, go ahead, have at it. You can do it. So I think that changed that little moment where I said you know what am I waiting for I don't have to keep waiting I could I don't have to wait for things to be perfect I had to let go of perfectionism because that was something I struggled with I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist but done is better than perfect and let me just take some kind of action right now so that was the first moment when I actually put the program out there and I saw the amazing benefits what really was the big eye-opener for me was when just before I resigned I lost a lot of people it was just a year where a lot of people that I know passed away including one of our second grade students um, had put cancer and he passed away and then a very close family friend who was about my age 
And I had said to my sister-in-law, I said, you know, if I got that diagnosis, I'd quit my job today and then I would do my business. And she said, no, you wouldn't, Nikki, because you'd be too sick. And, I, and that was the moment where I said, oh my God, why do I need to wait for a diagnosis to give me permission to say yes to me, to do what I want to do so that I wake up every day and want to get out of bed and be happy. I don't have to wait for the diagnosis. And that was really the huge moment where I said, I'm going to resign. Mm -hmm. So it came definitely later on. Yeah, I like that. Um, but that's a good question that all of us need to ask ourselves is, what are we waiting for? And do we need to get the diagnosis? Because yeah, it's, it, you know, you get the diagnosis, and then all you can do is try to try to survive. You don't have any ability to do anything else. So um, how did you get interested in mindfulness for children? That, that I would suspect also kind of wrapped around your experience as a bullied child. So how did you, um, how did you get introduced to mindfulness? So I got introduced to mindfulness from a therapist that I was seeing. Um, and she introduced me to meditation. Uh, she got me into yoga. She introduced me to emotional freedom technique. And I went to, I remember she told me about Kripalu. It's this yoga retreat center in Massachusetts. And I went there for a weekend of meditation, yoga, different workshops. And it was so, I want to say it was magical. It was like for the first,